Hey everyone, it's me, Kyrie. While at Oticon 2022, I spoke with Tiana Camacho. Miss Tiana is a rising star in the English voice acting world, with roles in video games like Ori and the Will of the Wisps, and anime like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I am proud to present to you my interview from Oticon 2022. Hi Tiana. Hi, how's it going? Uh, good, good. Um, enjoying Oticon so far? You know, I gotta say, yeah. like, I don't have a lot of convention experience, no. right? Uh, okay. I've not been to many conventions. Mm -hmm. I will say Oticon so far has been my favorite convention experience. That's... <laughs> I love it here. I used to come here as a fan. Oh, yeah. I was a little baby weeb. Were you... Question, were you here when it was still in Baltimore? Yes. Yeah. That was my... My first Oticon was also in Baltimore, but... I remember talking to my parents. I was a little antisocial kid. It's like, you're going to go to Baltimore with a lot of strangers, oh my God, yeah. right? And then it was like, okay, no. Baltimore's scary. It's scary, but like, yeah. But it's nice. I, I like D.C. I, I grew up close to the area as well, but, you know, labyrinthine. But anyway. I get you. Yeah, but anyway, I got a couple questions for you. Let me just go ahead and pull those up. Mm -hmm. So... So, what was the voice that you heard that inspired you to start doing this voice acting thing? Oh God, that's hard. That's like choosing a favorite baby. Okay, hold on. All right. So, well, let's sort through the we'll tier list of babies, right? So yeah. I knew I wanted to be a voice actor when I was roughly about eight years old. Okay. And I was reading the credits of shows and made the realization that these are the same five to ten people. Right. So I started listening for certain people, right? Mm -hmm. And my favorites. Cree, I loved specifically because she makes such strong acting choices, and mm -hmm. I love Cree Summer's acting. Right. Um, I also really loved Tress McNeil, really inspired me a lot. I wanted to be like her when I grew up. Wow. That was what I wanted. I wanted to be like Tress. And Mary Kay Bergman was another one because her vocal range was so wide. Right. That it was impossible for me to listen and to know it was her. So mm -hmm. I felt like every time I was watching something, I was like, sounds like it could be Mary Kay Bergman, but I don't know. I felt like I won the prize if right. I got it right because right. she was so versatile that I could never place her. Right. So I, I'm going to say it was definitely those three. Yeah. It just reminds me of like, you know, growing up watching Yu-Gi-Oh! or whatever. It's like Dan Green is doing both of those voices? Excuse me? Oh, absolutely. Like... And my favorite anime, primarily anime voice actress of all time is definitely Mary Elizabeth McGlynn. Oh, she is. Because I love alto representation in yeah. anime. That yeah. means everything to me. Oh, yeah. Like, she, um, remind me, like, she voices Major, right? Or yeah. is that? Yeah. In Ghost in a Shell. I love her voice so much. Like, Same. as, like... Like as it, like a queer trans woman, it's like I love the deeper voices. It yeah. helps me, you know. Like it's great. And it's not any less feminine just because it's deeper, mm -hmm. more husky. It exactly. doesn't matter, you know. I feel like I've had a very interesting attitude towards my voice, and mm -hmm. it's very good that you mentioned that you are trans because I would remember reading comments about my voice online that were not very nice. No. And yeah. one of the things was that they basically we're like oh she sounds trans but like as an insult that's and that yeah. is not okay no you absolutely know? not i feel like transphobia is everybody's fight because literally anyone can be affected by it whether you are trans or not exactly this does affect everybody mm -hmm. and if you don't stand up for what's right and start fixing things now it will only get worse exactly like i wholeheartedly agree like we're all like in this we gotta like 
you know, we got to be together on this. Absolutely. One. Yeah. It's very important to me. Sure. So what is, like, what's a myth about the industry that you want to dispel once and for all? You get, so I'm giving you, like, a oh, wit, like, one, well, again, just one, right? But, oh, like, man, this is hard. Yeah, this um, will be, like, my last, like, sort of heavy question or whatever, but, yeah. It's not crazy heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of myths about the industry that I do want to dispel. Mm-hmm. And I do want to dispel um, the idea that it's easier for people of more marginalized backgrounds to break into certain things Mm -hmm. than it is for people who are not. Mm -hmm. Um, Full disclosure, I am Puerto Rican Mm -hmm. and from a primarily Afro-Latina and biracial background. Right. So um, part um, mestiza, so a little bit indigenous, and it's a lot of that with Mm -hmm. Spanish and black mixed in, but primarily black and white are my two primary things. So people would have this idea that, oh, well, because of the way the industry is going, it's easier for you. It has not been easy no, for me. Absolutely not. You know, like, I've, I've really had to pound on a lot of doors. A mm-hmm. lot of what happens is you only get called in to audition for those types of characters. And I even uh, had a manager at one time that would only let me read for things in Spanish that paid significantly less than any of the stuff that was in English. Right. So that's the reality of what it is. You get tokenized, and if you happen to be mixed and therefore a variety of different races there's just more things for you to go for but it's it's still difficult right even for people that aren't right it's like i mean even in like in the english speaking like voice acting sphere it's mostly been dominated by like white men and women right like and for years like you know like they're talented sure but there's a lot of people that are just not being heard Absolutely. And it's because they only think of them when it's like, oh, wait, we need to get a black person for this part. Right. Wait, who do we know that's black? And right. And they go through their Rolodex of black yeah, actors. Yeah, exactly. And then it'll be me or it'll be Mela or someone else will just show up and audition for it or something like that. Yeah. The the best way I broke out of that was actually by doing creature work and stuff oh, yeah? like that. Yeah, I worked you... on Ori in the Will of the Wisps. Right. I think I saw that in your credits. What was that like for you? That was one of my first uh, acting jobs in L.A. That was a huge deal. That was a lot of fun to do, and they let, let me do whatever I wanted, and no one could stop me. That's correct. Um, that's, that's like the blank check where it's yeah. like, just do whatever. You got us. It was hard. Uh, they were very specific about how Mora should sound. She's the big spider. Mm-hmm. Um, so I voiced the big spider, the Moki, which are little squirrel things, and mm-hmm. the big willow tree at the end. Right. So I'm kind of scattered throughout the game a little bit. So um, by breaking free of that, you can't really tokenize an animal like you can't you can't do it so uh that was my way to kind of break free of that and then people started giving me more opportunities that way such as opportunities like ermy's costello oh Uh, you were tweeting earlier that or like i went on the announcement that this was one of the most challenging roles for you tell me about ermy's like i adore aramis with every fiber of my being because very rarely do i get to inhabit a character whose life journey and whose moral compass is very similar to my own. Mm -hmm. I find Aramis is a character that really values relationships to her detriment. Right. You know, it's very much like she had her learning experiences with Gloria. Like, I'm not sure if you read the manga. I read ahead a little bit. It's been a minute, truthfully told. Like, she really values that relationship to the point where she's willing to put herself in prison to get revenge right. on her sister's killer. So to me, she is tough, but she's not a bad guy. 
Right. And that's what I really like about her. She's very rough and tumble. She's a lot like me. Like, I grew up in Coney Island, you mm-hmm. know? That's a rough neighborhood. And uh, that was the environment in which I was exposed to. And, mm-hmm. You know, it was very rough and tumble, very... It was hard to grow up there sometimes. There right. was... There wasn't a lot of crazy violence. I was shielded from a lot of it, but it was because the library was around the corner and I would go there and read manga. Right. And honestly, like, Aramis and I are very, very similar to each other in terms of that. And there was a lot of unpacking of my own, um, like, my own emotional armor that I could be to truthfully be this character because in doing so, I had to truthfully be myself. And right. that's what made it so challenging. Because especially when, you know, you're like me, you're of color, you got to assimilate. Mm-hmm. You know, when when you're in certain situations, you got to behave a certain way. Right. To unpeel all of those layers and be that vulnerable as myself, essentially, because of how char- this character is so similar to me, right. was a very big acting challenge. And I am grateful to Hermes every single day that I feel like I was I was borrowing a lot of her strength, powering yeah. through it. Yeah, like of like. Of what I've heard of Part Six, like your performance is fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, like they've been working really hard, but your incredible talent, like Thank when it comes you. to that character, I think you really got it. I, I got, adore her yeah. so much. You gonna you gonna play her when uh, All Star Battle R comes yes, out? Yes, I'm gonna yeah. main myself. <laughs> just played yourself. You know, uh, like I was talking, I, I did a, a interview with Kira like years, you know, like a couple of years ago. She was like, "Oh, I get to play myself in like Soul Calibur. It's a lot of fun." Uh, I got one last a quick question for sure, you. Of course. Uh, the other day you were tweeting about the Proto Men settled debate part one or part two. Oh! Uh, that's the hard one, right? Like that's the hard question. Why? <laughs> okay, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> two, 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 two rocks. Like uh, two rocks. My uh, when I was going to Magfest, I lived the perfect amount of distance to listen to all of part two and i pull into the national harbor as like part two like finishes it's dude like, it's, it's so good have you seen them live i haven't but i would very much like to i would love to see them live there yeah uh, they're at magfest occasionally but yeah i have very eclectic music taste so sure. the fact that I, w- I was even into them like that was a surprise to me right well tiana thank you i really appreciate you uh, taking the time to sit with me and uh to talk with me so Thank, Thank you very you. much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Of course. All right. I'd like to personally thank Tiana Camacho for speaking with me. Be sure to follow her at Tiana Camacho VO on Twitter, or check out her Streamily site in the description below. Please look forward to more interviews in the future. Until next time, later!